Hello, Internet. I'm Finn Ross Russell. I'm John Lucas. I'm Natalia Anderson from Tuneful TV. It's Friday, May the 13th. Welcome to Turin. All our 25 finalists are now known. Coming up, semi-final two fades to black. Hope remains for our final 10 qualifiers and might Saturday not feel the same as usual. Salutations one and all and welcome to Turin. We have seen two crazy wild semi-finals and here with me to talk about the second one, it's our regular guest on the podcast, it's John Lucas. Hello Finn. You were in the Eurovillage last night, how was the atmosphere there? Oh, it was crazy, absolutely madness. A hearty mix of fans, Italian families, uh, a few of the artists from the previous semi-final showed up, a few Eurovision legends showed up. It was quite the day. And joining me on the other side, special guest for our semi-final two-review podcast, it's the wonderful Natalia Anderson from Team 4 TV. Hi, Finn. Thanks for having me again. This is your first contest on the ground, right? It is. I'm so happy to be here. It was you guys who actually convinced me after our conversation. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's brilliant. Brilliant atmosphere. You were telling us you were uh, bumping into some of the uh, fallen semi-finalists last night. I did. I ended up in a club next to the Eurovision Village and randomly bumped into Ronella from Albania and Brooke from Ireland. And I had to tell them, I feel a bit sorry because I was probably a little bit inebriated at the time, but I was just like, I must tell you, you're amazing. I must tell you. So I did that to both of them separately, but they were very gracious. And actually Brooke went up on stage and performed and she was so good. Oh my gosh, she's lovely. Absolutely lovely, gorgeous human. Yeah. It just goes to show you that the artists are just like us. They're people who love Eurovision, who are here and part of the experience. And even though they're artists, they're also people who just love enjoying the party and the celebration of it all, which I really appreciate. Right, should we talk about some of these qualifiers? Yes. Right, so first up on the qualifier list, we had Belgium. Um, what did you make of this, John? I think I said to somebody at some point before the show that if the first envelope was Belgium, we'd know we were in for some some surprises because uh, I don't mean that as a criticism necessarily, but I didn't really see Belgium as being a strong contender to qualify. So as soon as that envelope came out, I was like, okay. Much like in the first semi-final when we first got Switzerland through, I was like, okay, strap in. We're in for a wild ride with these qualifiers for sure. Um, but that's not to say anything against Jeremy, he, he, did, he did perform it incredibly well. Um, I think he absolutely elevated the song and it, had a, it did have a good spot in the running order. And I think Belgium, having now qualified twice in a row, both times slightly unfancied going in, I think they'll be very, very happy with this result already, regardless of where it places in the final. I've got to be honest and say, when I first heard this, I've always really liked this song, just as a song and as him as a performer. And okay, we've been listening to it a long time and it gets complicated by seeing uh, rehearsals and clips and that sort of thing. But do you think maybe there could just be an element of people heard it at home for the first time, they went, this is a decent tune and picked up the phone and voted for it? Absolutely, absolutely. Because based on even my reaction when I first heard it, I, I would have voted for it straight away. 
first time listening it's a great song he's got great vocals he pulled it out of the bag i mean i always knew he was quite a solid vocalist anyway my issue with him was like i really like a singer like that sort of r&b kind of throwback i really kind of wanted a bit more movement a bit more choreography i've said that on my channel but not at the expense of vocals and he chose the vocals and I was very happy with it because he he did so well but also it was a big surprise for me I was not expecting that but it is a quality song he's a quality performer and I'm very happy for Jeremy next we have the Czech Republic was the atmosphere around this performance as good in the Euro Village as it was in the oh, press center my god I think we've got winners on our hands based on that like I love the song anyway and sometimes I don't know what other people think about certain songs but this one everyone jumped up where I was I don't know where you were but where I was John I was like I feel like there were two screens so I was like maybe on the smaller screen to the right hand side and people were mainly seated but when We Are Dommy came on everyone was on their feet and we were jumping I jumped on my packet of crisps and it popped open <laughs> but I wasn't mad at all it was just that that's what happened that's a consequence of just such an amazing song it, the vocals nailed, nailed the vocals nailed the performance oh my god it was so good and I'm so excited to see it again in the finals we are done the uh, bag of crisps John what did you make of it I agree and I can confirm the Euro Village went off to this one and I'm sure the arena did as well because they really transformed this song into the, the whole arena became a nightclub like the, the, the lighting is so good the energy was so good I'm really really pleased that this got through Czech Republic are a country that don't have like a built-in particularly strong diaspora in terms of you know some countries can expect to start at maybe 40 50 points if they have the right other countries in the semi-final Czech Republic are one of those countries that always start at zero um, this year, their broadcast of Eurovision was moved from their main broadcaster to their secondary broadcaster, which perhaps suggests that they're, they're as a nation, losing interest a little bit, which is a great shame of true. So I'm really, I think it's a really good sign that they have managed to qualify this year, and hopefully it will keep the interest going in Czech Republic and will keep them around for a good while yet, because this was a fantastic performance. The next envelope was Azerbaijan. I saw a lot of people at home getting very excited about this stage show and about this prop. And do you think possibly that was one of the things that really connected what I think is one of the weaker songs in this semi? I think vocals, vocals, vocals. The reason this qualified is the vocals. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a jury save um, because obviously they look much more closely at quote unquote vocal capacity and the smart schools on ASC Insight about that at the moment. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm not a huge fan of the song. I asked myself, and I asked many people, again, before this semi-final, can three quite similar male-fronted ballads, Azerbaijan, Australia and Poland, can they all qualify? The answer was yes. The answer was yes. Shooketh. <laughs> Absolutely shooketh. I think I texted you that yesterday, Finn. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And listen, you're right. Vocals, incredibly brilliant vocals, but... I always thought that he opens up right towards the end and I thought that wasn't enough. I always thought that it was just a, a, a too little too late or a lot too late, you know what I mean? But somehow he did connect and I mean, he was he's great all the way through but the main thing is when he goes right for that belter note at the end. Um, and uh, But from the beginning he was great as well. The thing is, I just was not expecting it. I just thought, like, I mean, it was one of my weaker songs. It's not my fave. He's a great performer. The staging was great. They had, what, those two stairs and they had like a dancer. And 
yeah, honestly, I mean, it, it looked brilliant too, but I was not sure. Like you said, like three ballads. Like I love, out of the three, Poland was my favorite ballad, male ballad, then Sheldon Riley. Or, or joint maybe actually I don't know oh no 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 wait, wait, wait. well why don't we why don't we get on to Poland Let's why don't we get on to Poland exactly. because I think right. I predicted in my jukebox Drew when I had this that this came top five in the in its semi and I predicted that it was going to come top five because it's got that perfect blend of jury kind of vocals but also he's a really engaging performer isn't he yeah oh my god I love seeing him on stage I love I mean even when I reacted to his song people were telling me he was sick that day and I was like oh my god he still is so good um beautiful voice and the song is great I think the melody is so good People around me weren't really feeling the staging. I think like out of, like in comparison, it probably wasn't one of the best staging wise, but I think his voice just carries it through and the production and the melody of the song is amazing, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Of, the, of those three ballads we've mentioned, Azerbaijan, Poland, Australia, for me, it's melodically the strongest one. Yes. And I really, really do like his voice as well. I, I think that was, what probably pulled this through. I wasn't a huge fan of the way it was staged personally. I, I did think it was a little bit busy for a song like this, but you know, ultimately it worked and this puts Poland back in the final for the first time since 2017? Wow. 17, yeah. So they've had a good long run of poor luck, so they'll be very happy to be back in the final this year. Yeah, massive news for Polish Eurovision fans there. Um, a song that is definitely not quite like anything. We're reminded in the press conference that Finland is the rock band in the final and clearly they were also the rock band in the semi and that probably was enough to send them through. Yeah, I think there probably were huge sighs of relief from the Finnish delegation and from the Rasmus when they went through because this was another one that I think people had high expectations for going in and then there was some issues with the staging, people weren't quite as sure, it opened the show which can sometimes be a bit difficult to be remembered by the end but ultimately the song is so catchy, it is so so catchy and Lowry the lead singer he knows when he, he can turn it on when he needs to and he absolutely did and Despite, again, some reservations about the way it was staged, I still think it's a little bit weird that he's dressed as the little kid from it, but um, on the whole, obviously, it was enough to pull through. I don't think they're going to do as well as Blind Channel did last year, but already a respectable result. For Finland to get into the final at all, they're another country that has quite a spotty qualification record, so for them to be in the final at all is a, is a big victory, and I think they'll be very happy. Honestly, I feel like I'm getting goosebumps just remembering their performance. I, I, I said to you off air that I was actually in the queue for some beers and I thought I was going to miss the beginning and I literally just made it back to my mates in time. They saved me a spot and I sat down and Finland opened and it was amazing. It was, I mean, for me as an experience, my first Eurovision, my first Eurovision village experience with everyone else, I was just going crazy. The energy that they brought, it was so, so good. I absolutely loved it. And to start the night with that, it was like, like you said, like it, it can, you can sometimes be uh, forgotten, you know, but I think with their performance, they, there was no doubt that they would be remembered because they just exploded on the scene and I just could not forget that performance. It was amazing. I love it, love it, love it. And they've gone up in my estimations. They've gone absolutely up. I, I love that song so much. 100%. Another one that's gone up in my personal estimations is Estonia. This is a classic case of building on a staging from what you from what they did at Estelal and doing really clever but really really simple things with it those camera angles 
I think they made so much difference because they did. He he took the audience on a journey and watching it in the press center and watching it on the screens, you really experienced that. You really saw that you were you were going with him through the Wild West and then when he jumps over the waterfall at the end, it does. It it adds to the the energy of Stefan's hope. Oh my god. It was a, like vocals completely on point. I'm just a bit disappointed we didn't get the sort of cowboy hat. I feel like cowboy hat at the beginning, cover your eyes and then mid-song just take it off and reveal that gorgeous face. But also the Australia trick then. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. But also I I was quite surprised about this one only because, you know, performance-wise, staging-wise great. But did you see that a lot of the song he was like giving the mic to the crowd like he wasn't singing he was like let me hear you and everyone we were all like oh, I hope I hope but it wasn't him singing it and I remember at the time thinking oh that's gonna that's gonna hurt him because we're here to hear him not to hear the crowd out of tune do you know what I mean so I actually thought that would hurt his chances but it didn't I think actually what it did was the opposite it brought people in and we were all singing together and it's a great song to just kind of belt out at the top of your lungs yeah I think I mentioned on an earlier podcast there's like a comforting familiarity with this song and I think that really worked for him just as you said in the arena because it you you can hear 30 seconds of this and you know exactly how it goes and you can immediately pick up the hook and start singing along with that I hope I hope I hope and I think that did him a lot of favours because it really got the crowd going and probably kept that enthusiasm and his natural ease in front of the camera really carried it through to to the viewers at home Uh, Sheldon Riley in Australia is a very different performance, but I think it does exactly the same thing of taking that massive arena that the Palo Alto Tour is and really bringing it in so that you almost feel like he's singing directly to you and that he's engaging, well, directly with the camera technically, but directly with the viewers at home. I think this would have picked up quite a bit of both jury and televote points. Yeah, and well, Australia historically struggle with the televote so it'll be interesting to see how well they've done but you're right there, there is an emotional connection to this one which even though the, I've had some concerns about having a mask on for so long but ultimately it worked it, it clearly did come together and you know what we love it when a fan a fanboy triumphs and he is a true Eurovision fanboy so I'm so glad to see that he will be able to celebrate in the final as well good for him love him his performance was so good um my my concern before going into this was that it, it wasn't there wasn't like a massive hook to this song you know there wasn't something that would grab you like a chorus that would really just bring you in um but in the village we were all singing along we were all going up with him saying no sorry about my voice um but we were all with him and he delivered vocally like if I, if I just cast my mind back very quickly now, maybe he was the strongest vocal performance of the night. I think I could probably say that with, uh, with certainty. So brilliant performance, loving the staging and how he looked. And like, you're right, John, like with the, the mask, taking it off when he did, it was this big reveal and it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So very happy he's there. It's interesting because that kind of musical theatre element of Eurovision is something that I don't think we kind of think and talk a lot about in the community. I think a lot of the time, a lot of the focus on Eurovision is kind of around how it is as a pop music contest or how it is at showcasing uh, languages or genres that maybe don't get as much attention. But I think it as a space for kind of big, epic storytelling performances is, is so important and can't be underestimated. 
Absolutely. That's what makes it so exciting. And so that's what keeps me there as well. Like, I love the theatrics. I want to see the best of the best. I want to see that people have dedicated their time and their energy and their effort to the craft. It makes me so excited. It makes me happy. I love it. I love it. And speaking of excellent visual storytelling, this Swedish performance, I mean... We've seen it a number of times now, like this is not the first time that I think, well, other than the viewers that were tuning in for the first time, a lot of us in the community anyway know this performance, but I was blown away by the way she did it tonight. Maybe it's because I know a lot of the issues that she's had with the tech and it, it, it's been a bit of an adjustment getting this to the Italian stage, but there's just something about the expressions and her kind of eye movements towards the camera where the kind of tiniest, subtlest things seem to make all the difference. And I really felt it. I really, really felt it. Yeah, she's a global superstar. Absolute amazing performer. My, probably one of my biggest growers, when I first heard it, I was like, mm, okay, all right. The, lyrically, this song is amazing. Um, vocally, she is incredible. And performance-wise, that, do, do you know when you feel like you're, held so in such a like hold me close right no it, it's such a safe pair of hands do you know what i mean like as an audience person you just want to know that they've got it and she's got it she's she's held us in her hands we know we're safe we know we're gonna get we're gonna be delivered a brilliant performance and the energy is all there and she was amazing I think this won the semi-final. That's my hot prediction. I might be completely wrong. I feel like this won the semi-final probably quite comfortably. And this is very much in the mix to win the final as well. This is another very strong entry from Sweden. You saw this at Melody Festival. And when you saw it, did you know that it was going to do well at Eurovision and know that it was going to win its semi-final and know that it was going to be in contention for the victory? Oh, of course. I'm the all-seeing oracle. I always know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I knew it. No, nailed it, yeah. No, I knew it was strong. I, I knew I was immediately very taken with it and it is... It was very clear that it was something different for Sweden because one thing Sweden are often criticised for, fairly or otherwise, is for being a little bit kind of prefabricated and a little bit too slick. And we've seen that often that can result in some soft televotes for them. They usually do that with the juries again, who kind of respond to that very slick Swedish professionalism. This, while being incredibly professional and like world-class songwriting, it feels that little bit more raw, that little bit more real, that little bit more emotional. And I think this is probably going to be Sweden, if, if not a winner, which I think it could do, I think it's just definitely going to be one of Sweden's best results in quite some time. Meanwhile, raw and emotional, but in perhaps an entirely different way, the penultimate uh, qualifier was Romania. <laughs> this was emotional for me. I was over the moon. I was convinced this wasn't going to get through. I thought the juries would completely massacre this. We'll see what the split was, but I imagine this was a huge televote favourite. It's This is what I think... I think what people responded to with this is the fact that this is what a lot of people really want from Eurovision, that this year hasn't necessarily served up in as much quantity as previously, which is just the fun, party-friendly Eurobanger filled with energy and charisma. You could put this on the stage in Eurovision in 2003, in 2013, it would have looked and sounded exactly the same. For me, that's not a negative at all. This is classic Eurovision in a bag, in a, in a, in a blouse. It's classic Eurovision in a blouse, and it was absolutely fantastic. In whatever that matador outfit thing is. Indeed. Well, he, he, very clever. He really played up that Spanish 
vibe and I think a lot of Spanish viewers probably responded well to this I saw that actually Pastora Soler the uh, Spanish representative from 2012 was tweeting about how much she loved this song so I think this, this definitely picked up a lot of Spanish votes I, I can't remember if they voted in the semi-final or not but they'll probably will in yeah, the final well there you go that might have helped as well um, and yeah Romania also used to be one of the most reliable qualifiers in the contest they had a perfect run until it got broken in 27 no 2018 they, they had their first non-qualifier and then they haven't qualified since they've had a, a really bad run so they'll be very happy to be back and you know what I said it on an earlier show they've gone back to basics they've gone back to what we like from Romania which is that kind of wacky pop sound and it worked for them yeah, so this is a very strong victory for kind of branding and I'm re- I hope Romania continue down this path again in the future because it really is something they do very well I'm so happy. I mean, he's got a soft spot in my heart. Didn't make it to my personal top 10, but I absolutely love the song. It's gonna be, it's like, it's around like 11, 12 for me. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's such a wonderful, happy song, which makes me feel so good. And his vocals were there. Like he sounded great. The performance was great. And everyone was singing along. And in the village, I had a lot of Spanish people. saw a lot of Spanish flags around me and they were going crazy for it. We loved it, we were singing, we were shouting, hola mi bebe Oh my God, but there's something so sexy about it as well, isn't it? It's so sensual, but it's such a banger as well. I love it, very happy. When Romania qualified, I thought a lot about Alexandru from our podcast, because I remember, I remember when we were talking about this song and he said, it's already picking up traction because of that hola mi bebe bebe. And at the time I thought, goodness really like is that going to be the thing that brings it through and ever since he said that on our podcast I've had it in my head and I've been thinking about it and it's been my connection into it and it's really worked it may be it may feel like a bit of a kind of it may feel a bit cheap but it does the job it's it's very cheerful it is that kind of wacky pop tornero kind of sound and feel that you know that people at Eurovision really like this is part of what we come to this uh, contest for yeah I love it absolutely and and it's the production as well and that sort of guitar break the, the Spanish guitar like it has everything it, it just works incredibly well charismatic singer great choreography catchy uh, chorus um, memorable yeah brilliant And finally, I think the biggest cheer in the press centre last night went up when Constructor (laughs) and Serbia qualified in that final slot because I definitely think there was a lot of chat in the Eurovision community about was this, did this do enough? Was this a bit too abstract? Um, I know you guys both discussed it on your Jukebox Jury episode. I'm not the biggest fan of the song, but I am so happy to see this through because that performance is just art. It was amazing i'm telling you the atmosphere in the village when everyone was clapping everyone was doing the the hand movements and it was just electric i there's something about watching a song with other people with other fans which elevates it because for me you know when i first reacted to it i was trying to read at the same time the subtitles and everyone's like it's very important message and you know my sister was with me it was her first time seeing that and straight away she was like that's one of my favorites that's my favorite and i was like oh my god like it really translates but and, and the thing is at the beginning i thought is it going to translate just for for the average viewer like my sister 
her, you know, is it going to really come across as something? But she could see it was something important. There was a message and it just sounded amazing. It was a brilliant performance. Her facial expressions, her demeanor. I absolutely loved it and very, very happy that it went through. Yeah, this was a tense moment because we got, we got to that 10th envelope and there were quite a few countries that could have been in it and that a lot of people really wanted to be in it. We had Ireland, we had Cyprus, we had San Marino, Israel, so, and then we had Serbia and it could have been any one of them. So it, it, it was a lot of tension. And when Serbia went through, whether or not people were disappointed for some of the other ones, I, think, I don't think anyone resented this song getting a spot because as Natalia said, this song is incredibly artistic, so well done. For me, the last... 20 or so seconds of this with the subtitles and the close-ups on her face are some of the most like chilling moments of this entire competition and I'm really interested to see how far this can go now I don't have it down as a potential winner I may well be wrong again but I'm really interested to see just how well it can do and how well it connects because it is so different to everything else and that is always a strong thing in Eurovision to be different and this is very unique right those are our 10 semi-finalists. We now know all 25 countries who are through to the grand final. We know the running order. John and I are going to discuss everything with the final and the running order more on tomorrow's podcast. But since we don't have you tomorrow, Nat, I'm very, I'm very keen to hear your thoughts on what is going to happen on Saturday night. No idea. <laughs> I've absolutely no idea. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but my favourite was Sidka's Mirkas, and I was hoping for a miracle right there <laughs> that they'd get through. I kind of knew they wouldn't, but I was hoping for a miracle. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I was shocked that Cyprus didn't get through. I thought, I really thought that was a no-brainer. Um, so the final, Sam Ryder is going to smash it. That's what I know for sure. I love seeing his face. I love seeing his smile. He wants to be here. He's got this beautiful energy around him and he's got a great song and a great voice. And I'm, I, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I'm getting my hopes up, Finn. I'm getting my hopes up. We're going to do well this year. Well, here's a, here's a question, right? We're three Brits sitting around this table. Let's say Sam Ryder does come 23rd or 24th. Like maybe he does all right with the juries, but he's kind of sunk by the televote. Do you think that defines what has gone on and what's happened and how high he's ridden in the odds as a failure for the British delegation and for the work that they've done and put into this that, you know, they didn't get even close to the potential victory? Or do you think there's a benefit to the work that he's done and there's a renewed hope that's made everybody kind of around the UK and Eurovision go, well, actually, why can't we do this? Yeah, I don't like the I don't like the idea of, of people thinking it's a failure. I don't think you can come to this contest and think that it's a failure. Honestly, just being here and and all we ever wanted from the UK is just to genuinely take part. Like let's put our all into it. Let's let's give it something. And regardless of whether you win or lose, like in any competition, people who are athletes, they give their all regardless of whether they win or not. And that's what I want. It's a competition. And what I'm so thankful about is that Sam Ryder and the team, they've given it their all. And I'm so happy about it. And they could feel incredibly proud of what they've done up until this point. And regardless of the result, it is amazing and we love them for it. 
Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for those thoughts, Nat. John and I will be back tomorrow to talk about the final and the running order and all of the drama around that. Um, tomorrow is grand final day, so if you have any final questions and thoughts, please send them to admin at and we'll do our best to answer them on the podcast. Um, we've had a number of you write in to say, where's Ewan? Just a little tip to say, maybe keep your eye on your podcast feed for Saturday. There might be something in there. Um, hello to the podcast radio listeners um, for listening. Thank you for joining us over the course of this week. We are heading towards an absolute throwdown of a grand final on Saturday. But until then, Nat, do you know what to call for? The guitars! You've been listening to the ESC Insight Daily News Podcast, hosted by Finn Ross Russell and John Lucas. Find out more by heading to escinsight.com and support the work we do at patreon.com slash escinsight.